and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the professorial Matt. Hello there. Well then, uh, we're talking about the pilot this week. We are, yeah. Which, um, I'm not going to lie, I'm quite excited about. It's one I've been looking forward to uh, getting getting to chat with you about uh for quite some time, but um, we won't go into too much detail just yet. I'm assuming mm-hmm. there is a fair amount of preamble to get through first. Um, uh, I don't know what you mean by that. Well, you know, it's become something of a pattern in this. Uh, yeah. We seem to we seem to acquire additional segments like. Uh, like a uh, a snowball going down a hill. <laughs> uh, so, which should we start with today? Or should we just introduce a new segment? Mm. Well, you know what? I'm going to introduce a new segment, which is uh, called Isn't It a Lovely Day? Yeah. <laughs> it's a lovely day today. Yeah. Every day's a lovely day when I talk to you. Yeah, but especially... To, I mean, after, we've had some pretty grim weather, and... and Unusually inclement weather for the time of year over the last mm-hmm. month or so. Uh, and today it feels like the weather has suddenly remembered that it's supposed to be nearly summer. Yeah. And it is uh, yeah, so I've, I've just been out frolicking in the sunshine most of the day. And to celebrate. Did you go to that, a park? We did, didn't go to a park. You... We, we, went, we went for a lovely walk in one of my favourite uh, favorite parts of the Hamilton Hills, which was really okay. nice. And I've not been to for months because the last time we tried to have a family walk there with dog and toddler in tow, it was an absolute disaster. Um, but uh, little Absorbalos growing up, and he can, you know, he can do good stretches on his legs, and you know, he can—he's quite happy up on my shoulders for some of it. So we just, uh, yeah, had about you know four-mile walk with no major incidents. Excellent, which was lovely, and to celebrate, Matt. Listen, are you listening closely? I am. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah, I think that got picked up. That is the sound of me issuing my usual customary cup of tea and instead pouring myself a lovely golden ale. Oh, what are you drinking? It's a, it's a bottle of uh, Hobgoblin Gold. Oh, nice. Well, check this yeah. out. I'll join you. Got on the go then. Yeah. A lovely bottle of Heatherwood Craft Beer Company Golden Goose. I wasn't Ooh. planning on having a beer, but it was the last day of term yesterday, and mm. even though it it's against the school rules, all the kids bought me booze. <laughs> <laughs> Fair so, enough. Not certain how these 15, 16 year olds are all getting served, but yeah, came home with loads of booze last night. Mm. Good times. I mean, be- be- beats an apple, no, doesn't it? Of course, officially, I didn't. I refused it and <laughs> then rang their parents to say, I'm very grateful, but I won't accept these gifts. <laughs> All right? Get that on record Just, uh, for when the inquiry yeah. comes. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, okay. What if, I, what if so- I told you yesterday, because it was the last day of term, uh, I wore a tuxedo to teach my final ever lesson. <laughs> no, good, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, how did that go down in the classroom? 
Uh, well, it was meant to be a little bit of a surprise, but the only free time I had to get changed was lunchtime. Uh, so I got changed, and then when I walked past the dining hall, one of them was like, Oi, oi! And then the whole year group gave me a standing ovation. <laughs> which, which sounds like something out of a film, but I, I promise you that's what happened. Yeah, no, I can believe it. I can believe it. Because, I mean, let's be honest. If there's one thing that is consistent across all schools in the British Isles is that kids will take any excuse to... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not mock, but sort of... They, they love shout. They, they, they love a shout. They love a bit of a, an excuse for a, for a mild ruckus. Yeah, the best thing is if someone drops their tray in the dining hall. Yeah. And then everyone just goes, way! So <laughs> I, I've sent you a picture, David. I, I know that we usually send each other messages later in the pod, but uh, check out check out what I've just sent you there. I'm having a quick butchers. Oh, looking very dapper there. Yeah. Are there uh, where did the flowers come from? Uh, I'd just like to give people flowers out. I just I was in such a good mood yesterday, uh, so they were just for a colleague. So ah, I know excellent. you've I know you've had dreams like that where I approach in a tuxedo with a bouquet of flowers. So I thought I'd get a picture for you. Oh yeah, that's that's cemented uh, cemented the image now. So thank you for that. Yeah, but almost as important as that. Last night, got my first jab. Yeah. Oh, congratulations! What took you so long? Ha ha ha. Uh, well, you, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cheeky buggers like me jump in the queue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah my, my partner's got hers on Monday. Um, what better uh, way to spend where, the bank holiday than being going? vaccinated? Um, over in York, I think. Uh, see, I went to Nesborough and I cannot fault the staff, the system, everything. It was brilliant. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's it 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 really has made such a difference. I think you know we've uh, this has been hard. This has been a hard time for everyone. But there is something about getting your first jab that feels like such a just like there is light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's it, it it's like beyond the, the the sheer fact of like oh great now I'm not going to be running such a high risk of being hospitalised as a result of this fucking awful disease. Excuse my language. How <laughs> dare you? Come on, if I can't swear about the disease, what can I swear about? David, we have young listeners, and although they might claim they know all the swear words, yep, that doesn't mean you should encourage such behaviour. Indeed. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, so it's it's great. It's great that, you know, at this point, the majority of my family have been vaccinated. Um, it's just my partner and uh, and I, I, I don't know if they've got any plans whatsoever to do children at any point. But, uh, you know, mm. certainly little Absorbloff's not, not had his COVID jab yet. Um... But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say good. I've got not not discomfort. I basically feel like I've been punched in the arm. Yeah, yeah, it's about standard. Yeah, 
No, no worse. I felt for me it was no worse than when I've had flu jabs. So, yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's a great thing. And for anyone who is on the fence, please, if you've if you've been offered it, just just do it. Just take. It's uh, it really is worth doing, not just for you, but for everyone around you as well. You know. There we go. Um, right. Uh, should I introduce a new segment? Yes, if if that's what we're doing, yeah. Uh, well, ordinarily, as of late, our most recent news segment has been "Shall we start with an apology?" So we're doing well this week that we've not done that. No, I was really hoping to kind of just breeze past before you could introduce anything that I'm supposed to be apologising for. Uh, no, I think he did all right last week. Well done. Oh well, thank uh, you. Um, I mean. You do work for the NHS, and I wish I got my jab sooner, so, I mean, there is that. Um, but, yes. no, I, I was talking to my younger brother this week, who lives out in Australia, and he yeah. was saying that quite often he... I, I don't think he's a dedicated follower of our pod, but every mm. so often, whatever he's listening to will tick over, and he enjoys the little preamble. He's not that keen on the whole Doctor Who element, but... You yeah, know. fair enough. So I, I thought I thought we could just throw in a topic that might interest him and keep him listening. We can certainly try. Yeah. So I I thought just for his entertainment this week the English football season finished. Uh, so I just okay. thought I'd get your like hot fresh take on this season. How do you think it's been? Okay. Well, um, <clears throat> who would have who would have thought that the uh, the Barnsley velodromes would have uh, would have walked away with with the with the football cup this this year. Certainly not me. You know, my my money was on the the Kent Kentlers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, you know. They just—they uh, weren't—they weren't up to snuff this year, were they? They kept—they, you know, they kept just trying to kick the ball and missing. Whereas um, the the other team, they, they were—they were good at kicking the ball. Yeah. Kicked it, and kicked it right into the net multiple times, which I believe is how you score points. Any players stand out to you this season of having a good year? Oh, um, uh, Johnny Abullians. It's got to be up there. Yeah, he's one of the top dogs, isn't he? Yeah, and um, uh, but and you know, obviously in, in the in the uh, the the women's league, you've got the likes of uh, Sandra Flan. Yeah, and um, and uh, Clemency Bucket. Um, you know, there's there's so many great players out there at the moment, aren't there? And. Just finally, then, if you had to pinpoint your highlight, your moment of the season. Oh, it would have been when that dragon landed in Wembley Stadium. <laughs> Who could have seen that? Oh, certainly not me. Right, well, if you're listening, Dan, there's your comprehensive season review. Yeah. Uh, right, so, should, should we move on? I think we'd better have. Can I, can I talk to you about sausage rolls? We haven't for a while. <laughs> yes, feel free, Matt. Feel free. Okay, so in the week, I don't know whether you saw this, 
But one of our listeners, Marie Boudreau, uh, mm-hmm. inspired by our pod, baked some sausage rolls. Oh, exciting times. Over in, over in America. Mm-hmm. And she just said they were unreal. Her kids couldn't get enough of them. Oh, excellent. So, so in return, this week, David, I'm going to bake an American snack. Oh. I'm going what to have make you gone some, for? I'm going to make some snickerdoodles. What? Now, this is great, because I've often wondered what a snickerdoodle is. I'm I'm aware they exist through references in American sitcoms and podcasts and things, but nobody, you know, Americans just assume that everybody knows what a snickerdoodle is. Right. And it so, isn't the most absurd sounding thing. In, in your mind, what is a snickerdoodle? Mm. Well, I believe it's some kind of biscuit or uh, uh, cookie, I should say. Yeah. Um... But beyond that, I wouldn't even begin to hazard a guess. I, I mean, I guess maybe, purely because I'm making the connection with Snickers, the chocolate bar, which is, is are, are Snickers even called Snickers in America? I think I so, yeah. they used to cause... be called Marathons here and then they changed to Snickers. But, um, yeah. Because I, I know there's a lot that are just completely, like, upended in America. Like, you know, their their Mars is called a Milky Way and their Milky Way is a something else and you know um but anyway i'm getting off topic so i'm thinking snickers i'm thinking peanuts so i'm gonna say there is a peanut element to a snickerdoodle Uh, you made exactly the same mistake i did yeah no it's it's like a soft butter cookie and i think Mm. it's got like cinnamon and sugar over the top ah that um, um, americans will put cinnamon sugar on anything won't they yeah you know and and to be clear, that is not me casting aspersions. They were onto something when they discovered that just slathering cinnamon and sugar on top of everything makes it taste like cinnamon and sugar, which is good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, stay tuned for a snickerdoodle mm. update. I'm I'm on tenterhooks. I don't know how I'm going to get through the next week. Yeah. So, um, while, whilst we're on the topic... Because uh, yes. I'm never sure how far into episodes people listen. At the end of last week's episode, uh, Marie was the listener. I said lives in Shreveport, Louisiana. Yes, and we were trying to find out if there was another listener. Okay, mm-hmm. obviously, as we're recording this, that episode's only just come out, so there hasn't been an it update. Has. So I just wanted to put that message at the beginning of this episode. Go just for it. So yeah. if people are listening, so if you live in Shreveport, Louisiana. You have to get in touch with me so I can pay for you to go for a coffee with our literary. Okay? Because yeah. when we looked at the figures, there seems to be more of you out there. Uh, so, stats. We're going to hunt you down. Yeah, who'd have thought our first ever like fan convention would be in Louisiana, America? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really hope that happens. Yeah. That would genuinely make my year yeah. if that happens. Um uh, Excellent. Right. So, you know what, Matt? You mentioned that we've managed to not start with an apology this week. Here we go. And I ummed and hard about bringing it up, but we've been talking about, you know, the, the ever increasing number of segments. Yeah. We forgot a segment last week. What did we forget? Non Doctor Who TV highlight of the week. Uh, we just breezed right past it. Okay. So I'm going to say we do that now, and we backdate it. Do you know what? I haven't even got that on my running order for this week. Let me just click my pen. Ah, oh, it's dropped off. And get that on there. Yeah. 
Okay. Go on then. You can go first. Okay. So last week, Taskmaster finale. Yes. Simple. You know. Um, we won't spoil who won here in case people are still catching up. But um, I'm going to say one of the best series of all 100%. time. 100%. Taskmaster. And the finale features probably the best Taskmaster moment of all time. Oh, it's it's got to be up there. Top five at least. Mm. Absolutely amazing, amazing moment. Um and again, we can't. It's one of those things that you can't spoil it. No. Just if you if you've got any interest in Taskmaster, catch up with this series. This series, I'd say, is actually probably a great jumping on point. If you've never yeah. watched it before. Yeah, definitely. Just start with this one, series eleven. It's a great one to jump into. Um, yeah, but it, genuinely, because I, I talk a lot about how the last last few months have been really tough for me at work. You know, my my sort of work stress levels have been through the roof. It's been hard to find time for for genuine joy in recent months but um taskmaster has done nothing but bring me joy these these last few weeks it's been an absolute delight um and uh this week uh i finally got around to watching the first episode of this time series two with alan partridge um yeah it's just great isn't it i i won't spoil it but the episode that aired this week i think it's episode five is yeah. probably the best episode of this time. Like you, really? know, you know how some of the wow. episodes move on the overall story arc? Uh, yes. Well, this one doesn't. It's just joke after joke after joke. Uh, that sounds good. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Like I've said before, I think this is it's some top-tier partridge mm. this time. It really is up there with the very best of that particular canon, um, and yeah, really looking forward to to, to uh, catching up with that series. What about yourself, Matt? What have you been watching recently? Uh, yeah, mainly that. This week, with it being the last week of school, has been pretty mad. Mm. But whilst we're on the topics of uh, apologising, I'll I'll just apologise to you, David, because when we were getting set up, you sent me a message saying I'm I'm ready to record, and I said, yeah, I'll be five minutes. I'm just doing some jobs in the garden. I wasn't doing jobs in the garden, David. I bought the new Resident Evil game, and I'm in too deep. <laughs> that, that, that was my half-term treat. So, yeah. and I, I, I was just... I've just got to the very first bit. I only started it this morning. Where you first, I don't know if you're aware of the advertising campaign, but there's basically a very big, tall, sexy lady that like the internet's gone mad about. Um, right. Because uh, she's like 10 foot tall. Uh, and I, I, I just <laughs> met her for the first time. So I was like, I'm just going to see where this goes. David can just hang on a second. But yeah, so far so good. Excellent. Excellent. Um, I still haven't completed Mist. Oh, well. Again, I've been I think... sort of chi- chipping away at it about 20 minutes a week. <laughs> I think know? we all wait with bated breath for mm. your... Overall review for a 25-year-old computer game? Possibly 30 at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's about, about, about par for the course for me, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think we should also apologise. When we both opened our beers, we should have said, get a shift on. That's what they always do on Married to Who. They yeah. do, they do. And we forgot. Yeah. 
our one chance to mm. get it right and redeem ourselves after you've been like awful recently. You know, I was thinking about that just the other day purely because um, I just out of the blue started re-watching a bit of uh, the Whitaker era stuff. Okay. Um, just to kind of, you know, I don't know. I don't know what brought it on. I just suddenly had the urge to, to do it. So I was watching uh, her second episode the other day, The Ghost Monument, and... She uh, she says get a shift on in that, and I, and I believe the origin of get a shift on as a running joke on Married to Who is it something Eccleston says on in the very first episode, uh-huh. uh, and it just sort of struck them as an amusing Britishism, uh, and so it was kind of it just it suddenly that that kind of jumped out at me in a way that it hadn't previously, so, um, so- yeah. I don't know why, but I don't think I'd ever say get a shift on. I always say get a wriggle on. Do you? Yeah. If we need to be somewhere, I'll be like, come on, guys, get a wriggle on. I don't think I'd do, do either. Um, I'm trying to think what I would say. Um, probably just something like, come along now. <laughs> T- tally-ho, chaps, make haste. <laughs> yes, some, something along those lines. Right. I am nothing if not a parody of myself. Right. Let, let's let steer this <laughs> shit back on track. Let's get back to the features that everyone's here for. It's a feature special this week. Um, it is. Where are we going first? Would I lie to who or meal of the week? Well, my meal of the week is going to be very quick. So, um, should we do that first? Okay. What do you have for breakfast this morning? Pan au chocolat. Oh, nice. Homemade, home-baked or... Nah. Shop bought, but whacked it in the oven first thing this morning when uh, <coughs> when my partner was still in bed, and uh, yeah, then we, we all got to just sit down and have a lovely cup of coffee and uh, pan of chocolate. A little absorbable. I didn't quite know what to do with it. Right. He's 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 a fan of chocolate generally, but I think he struggles with breakfast a bit at the moment. Generally, I think he, he he's too he's too kind of full of beans right from the off. And so he's, you know, the idea of sort of sitting still for 10 minutes to actually eat something is sort of alien to him. Um, I think this morning I had just a, co- a coffee and a cookie, I think. Mm. Not a snickerdoodle, just a cookie. Um, what about your meal of the week? My meal of the week is the lovely pint of Hobgoblin Gold that I am currently consuming. Wow, liquid lunch. Mm. Uh, Purely because I've not drunk any beer for, I want to say, getting on for two months, probably. Wow. Just because, and uh, sorry to harp on about it, but it's the, it's been the, the stress, the work stress. I can't enjoy alcohol when I'm feeling stressed. I'm the opposite. You know, Every. To quote Homer Simpson, everyone knows it's the uh, cause and solution to all life's problems. <laughs> I kind of wish I could do that, but I don't know. It's a, it's I've, I'm I'm weird with alcohol. I you know, I it, I don't. Whilst it, it is relaxing, I have to already feel relaxed in order to relax enough to enjoy it. If that makes sense. Uh, la, la, um, last night, like I say, because I got some gifts from school. Like, yeah. the students bought me beers, but the majority were beers that I would never drink. So, last night when I was hanging out with friend of the show, Tim Riley, and some yeah. other friends, 
I was drinking Desperado beer. Mm. Is that that tequila, Jobbo? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty unpleasant. So, to wash yeah. it down, I was drinking... I, I was pretty drunk last night, David. Probably the most drunk I've been in a while. Because <laughs> uh, I, I was having a lot of whiskey to, like, wash it down. Uh, so, me and Tim Riley played a round of online golf with our friends, and I was just... I was just sourced. <laughs> Do you think that improved your your uh, your golf game or or severely? Uh, I, w- I won one game out of three, but I, I distinctly remember at one moment telling my brother that the combination of the Pfizer vaccine and Desperado beer had turned me into the Joker from Batman, and <laughs> I, I was like, "That's what's in the Joker serum," and then I just started talking like the Joker all night, right. Like, I get pretty weird. Any particular incarn, any particular incarnation? Uh, Who's your go-to well, joker? I did. I, I I did the Joaquin Phoenix Joker for a bit because I was like, oh, do you know what you get when you uh, add the Pfizer virus to Desperado beer? And then I'm not going to quote it because it's got a swear in it. But then I did the bit from the film. Right. Still not seen that film. It's pretty good. I'd recommend it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm very, I'm very. So my, I don't know that it's for me. My, anyway. my meal of the week is tainted with sadness. Oh no! Because I went to Jaipur Spice. Oh yes. Table for two. I, I'd booked to go with a friend, and the friend stood me up, David. Oh dear. I'd invited a friend to come for a curry with me, and they mm-hmm. said no because of the current. Lockdown situation. They're not currently eating out. Yep. Yeah. Who who could that friend have been? <laughs> I don't know. Do you see where I'm going with this? <laughs> I do. I didn't know you. You didn't tell me you'd already booked a table. Blimey. Yeah, I went and sat on my own, and I was like, "David will come. It's fine. It's fine." That you didn't seriously do this, did you? So, in keeping with the theme of apologies, um, I'm just gonna, just gonna hang on a second. <sighs> No apology for the decision I've made there. Good, because I didn't really go. I was just trying to guilt trip mm. you. Uh, but my meal, yeah. of, my meal of the week. Last weekend, my wife and I did go for a meal out for the first time in forever. Uh, yeah. We went to the venue where we got married and had a lovely beef roast dinner. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Very trad. It was so good that originally last Sunday, that's when I had my vaccine booked. And I cancelled mm-hmm. it so I could stay and have a pudding. <laughs> so we weren't short for time. Excellent. Good times. You, you know what I'm most interested in about that meal? How were the Yorkshires? Uh, so there was one mm-hmm. uh, large Yorkshire, the sort sort of standard restaurant size. Okay. Very fluffy, very nice. Mm. Usually you go and it'll be a, it'll look exactly the same, but instead of being fluffy, it's rock hard. Yeah. And I tell you what, the roasties, oh my word. Yeah. I think that's the thing. A roast dinner lives and dies by the quality of the Yorkshire pudding and the roast potatoes. Mm. Everything else is important, but of secondary importance to those. Um. So yeah, that's uh, it sounds like it sounds like uh, yeah, a good experience all around. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. I had egg custard tart for pudding, if you were wondering. Mmm. I've never been big on custard tart, I'm going to be honest. Oh. No, whenever I go out for a meal, I always like a traditional pudding. So something yeah. something that I could do at home, but better. So yeah. I like my jam roly-polies and things like that. Yeah. Are you, Matt, I must ask, are you partial to a spotted dick? I am. I love them. You can't beat a proper old-fashioned pudding. Yes, it's got a silly name. You know what? And yeah, yes, we'll apologise for the swearing, but you can't beat I ap- I agree. It's a, 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 a spotted dick is a rare delight. So, um, yeah. Uh, right then. I think it's time for Would I Lie to Who, Matt? Okay, well, I, I, I'm at the helm this week. You are indeed. So, this week, it was the birthday of friend of the show, Tim Riley. He's already got a mention this week. Okay. Happy birthday, Tim. Uh, and I, I gave Tim a present that he said was the best birthday present he'd received. Oh, okay. okay. So I'm going to give you three options. Okay, this is going to be challenging, bearing in mind the only thing I, things I know about Tim are the things that you have mentioned on the podcast. Yeah, and, and I like to fluctuate between very flattering to arch enemy. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So, three options, David, for what I okay. got Tim for his birthday. Option number one. Let's go. I drove to Tim's house, unbeknownst to him, rang the doorbell, and when he opened the door, I immediately grabbed him and kissed him on the lips. Mm. I've got no respect for COVID. <laughs> yeah, social I, was, I was I was thinking about that. I wasn't sure whether to pull you up on that or not. But, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Option number two. I got a group of sailors to sing a happy birthday song for Tim. Right. Okay. We'll come back to that. Okay. Or option number three, uh, when we were playing computer games last night, uh, our other friend, James, got shouted at by his wife and we all listened on the microphones and it was the best thing ever. Okay. So, that... Isn't a birthday present. <laughs> so did you just... So I'm presuming you just subsequently said, oh, by the way, happy birthday, Tim, that's your birthday <laughs> present. And you somehow yeah, took ba- credit for that. Basically, we were all being very silly, as I've already mentioned. Yes. But my yeah. friend James, I think the common parlance is, is whipped by his wife. She wears the mm-hmm. trousers. So yeah. he was being silly, and all of a sudden we heard his wife go... James, that's enough. Uh, and then we all started laughing. And then he said yeah. something like, oh, cheers, all the guys are laughing at me now. And then his wife said something like, well, they shouldn't be laughing, you're pathetic. <laughs> I, I think the word was pathetic. Uh, and it was just brilliant, because the more he tried to look cool in front of us guys, the more his wife belittled him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no... There's no getting out of a nosedive like that, is there? No. Um, okay. Um, obvious follow-up question to, to option B yep. is, uh, what was the song? Uh, so it was a variation on Happy Birthday to You. 
I don't, I don't okay. know if it's like a overseas different. I don't know. Is is happy birthday to you the same all over the world? I think so. Yeah, um, I don't know. That, I don't think there's a special navy version. Maybe there is. Yeah, I think this one might have been. It definitely had a bit of an air <laughs> of a shanty about it. A bit like uh, I've mentioned a web with the special snooker lyrics to Lady in Red. Yeah. If like, anyone is familiar with I, that sketch. I think it was. It was like. Happy birthday, congratulations. Happy okay. birthday, Okay, and so this is being sung by sailors. So yeah. are they like... Okay, talk me through how, how you engineered this. Is Are they a, a naval choir for hire? Is that what we are talking about here? No, I, th- I think they're just like men of the sea. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I thought everyone just knew sailors like singing. <sighs> Uh, okay. <laughs> um, if if you right. were on a boat, don't tell me you wouldn't bust out a shanty. Oh, of course I would. I I actually, <laughs> you know, I like a bit of folk music, and I, I and uh, shanties are very much in, in, included in that. Uh, my partner and I uh, often enjoy be- belting out a, a rendition of the Eddie Stone Light to to Little Absorbaloff when the mood strikes us. So. Um, <clears throat> right then. And option one was just you snogged him. So just kiss on the lips. Okay, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say the third one. That you just took credit for being able to listen in on your friend getting a bollocking. Uh, well, even though that did happen, David. Yeah. The correct answer is actually option B. Really? A round of, a round of sailors sung happy birthday okay. to him. Okay, now, answer me truthfully. Is that something like you had to pay for, like you hired, or is it just some people you know that you... How did you engineer this? I need the truth. Right, so, so whenever myself and Tim spend time with one another, one, one of our favourite things is the series of video games Metal Gear Solid right okay and in Metal Gear Solid 5 which is the latest one I think uh, if you play that game on your birthday uh, when you return to your base all your sailors all your soldiers sing that happy birthday song to you Ah. it's like an easter egg in the game Uh, so I just basically took that video and sent it to Tim Oh, I see. Right, so you didn't actually hire anyone to come and... No, I didn't say I hired anyone. I just said I've got some sailors to sing. Ah. You've got to embellish it if I... You worded it sneakily. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. There was one week where we did this where what I said was actually nothing like the truth, but I think it was because you were like five mil in the lead. I got desperate. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yesterday I grew wings and flew flew to the sun. And it turned out I'd like gone for a walk or something. <laughs> anyway, well, well done. Point more or less well earned there, Matt. Where are we up to? It's 8-5 overall. Yeah, yeah. Um, so How you're has it only been gap? 13 <laughs> weeks? And yet it feels like forever. Yeah, is it, is it October yet? Can we, should we ask our listeners quickly, 
are you still enjoying this segment? Because well, it takes a good 10, 15 minutes, plus pre-preparatory time. We are enjoying doing it, don't get me wrong. We may well just carry on doing it, regardless of what you think. But I'm just genuinely curious. Is it a feature that you're enjoying, listeners? I, I put it on Twitter. Yeah. I was like, "What? what's better? Would I lie to who? Well, Wheelie Big Quiz. And would I lie to who? One... And I was like, well, Wheelie Big Quiz is the only nice thing our pod does for anyone other than us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, raise a bit of money for charity. And everyone's like, mm. no, we like Would I Lie to Who? Ah, uh, they're both good. They're both good, as far as I'm concerned. Right. Okay, so is it time to talk about Doctor Who? I think it might be. It's a special for- treat, shall we, Matt? 40 shall minutes we? into our Doctor Who podcast. Um, yes. So, we're going to talk about the pilot. We are. Do you want some listen, listener feedback? Yes, yes I do, yeah. So, I said, tonight I'm going to sit down and watch the pilot. That was a lie, because I watched it this morning instead. So, I had more mm-hmm. time to get drunk last night. So, let's go back in time. Let's just find the first one. Right, the first reply we had was from James Courtney. Do you want to say hello to James, David? Hello, James. Okay, so James says, Whenever fans talk about which is the best post-regeneration episode to be a jumping-on point, I always shake my head in disagreement. It's companion entrances that provide the joining point for new people. Yes, the 11th hour is a brilliant starting point, but that's because Amy started there too. I'd argue that Smith and Jones is a better starting point than the Christmas Invasion. Like that, the pilot is a much better jumping-on point than Deep Breath. I think any episode's a better jumping on point than Deep Breath, but we'll, we'll get yeah. there. Okay? Everything is new that. again and has to be explained. Something that hasn't appeared... Sorry, something that hasn't happened since Series 5, thanks to how Clara joined the TARDIS. But all this newness allows the show to have a mini-reboot, making the Doctor a uni-lecturer was an inspired idea and really suits this Doctor. Bill also manages to bring such freshness to the show... And we get a welcome return to some domesticity, which we haven't had since the RTD days. She makes the show so much lighter, asking silly but sometimes punctuating questions about the show's mechanics. There isn't much plot to this one, but then I don't think it needs it. Really, this is about the Doctor, Bill and Heather, with Nardole as canine type helping out. I also would like to praise the direction. That reveal of the inside of the TARDIS is masterful. And then James says, I haven't watched most of this series since it first aired, so I'm going to join you from now on. Hope you can enjoy the ride. Great, great. That, a, a, a lot of that that I would I would kind of agree with and echo. Um, I do think it's de- definitely the best jumping on point since the Earth and Tower. And, um, yeah, and also I, I, I want to point out, I, I was looking forward to mentioning to you, Matt, that I've, you know, Nardole... You, I think this is the episode where he finally c- kind of clicks into place, and it is because it's oh, he's just K nine. When you when when you twig that, I think it it really it all of a sudden he makes sense. Um, yeah. But anyway, do, yeah. Do you think it's worrying that we haven't heard from that other James ever since James Courtney murdered him, and J- <laughs> James's messages are getting longer? That means he's growing in power. He needs to be stopped, <laughs> David. Right, next message. The usurper James needs to step up the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, if he's okay, if he's safe, just let us know, other James. <laughs> right, next message. I think it's probably a case that he's not caught up yet, but anyway, go on. Maybe. 
So the next message is from Amy. Do you want to say hello to Amy, David? Hello, Amy. Okay. She says, yes, I think it's very good. I think it's one of the best introductions to a companion. And then she gives the quote, time and relative dimension in space, it means what the hell. Yeah. There are so many good quotable lines in this episode, I think. Right. We then got a message from the Married to Who podcast. Do you want to say hello to those guys, David? Hello, Married to Who podcast. I listened to your episode on the return of Dr. Mysterio this week. It was good. Good good work, guys. I'm doing a thumbs up right now. You can't see it. <laughs> Please say something, Matt. Please. I think that's the first time you've managed to fill the awkward silence. Well done. <laughs> I was really trying. Well done. Okay. So, the Married to Who podcast say, I like the new vibe the show has this series. The story is fun and fanciful. Pearl Mackie is exceptional and the monster is proper scary. Good episode. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, we then move on to Frank. Okay. Do you want to say hello to Frank, David? Hello, Frank. Anything else? No, no, no follow-up there. Okay. I'm spent now. So, Frank says, I'm very biased, as this is the first episode I watched as it aired since I fell off Doctor Who in the Smith era. So I really mm. have it to thank for getting me back into it. It's a fantastic episode. The best companion introduction in the show. I have a fondness for episodes that bounce around time and space a lot, which this does excellently after a while of emotional build with the Doctor and Bill's relationship. The mystery of the Doctor being a professor guarding a vault is incredibly gripping. Bill is one of my favourite companions. It's so good to have an enthusiastic companion who comes with him for the pure thrill rather than being a chosen one. As a black lesbian, she's shockingly handled well. Sorry, shockingly handled well by a historically clumsy show. Mm -hmm. Heather, Heather is a great antagonist, and the real big, sorry, and the real threat being lesbian yearning is both heartbreaking and pretty hilarious if you know about modern lesbian stereotypes. <laughs> the episode had to set up realistic chemistry between multiple pairs of characters and pulls it off perfectly. Sorry for the long message. I normally try to keep it to one tweet, but this is an exceptional episode in my mind that I could blab on. I could blab on about for hours. Excellent. Okay. We have got a couple more, David, so I'm sorry if I've, I'm boring you. No, no, that's fine. You just crack on. Okay. I get a little rest during this bit, except for the occasional awkwardness. It's nice. So, the next message comes from the My Adventure in Time and Space, sorry, in Space and Time podcast. Are we the only one that puts it time before space? Because when we watched that um, episode, it was uh, an adventure in space and time. Space and time, yeah. Have we got it the uh, wrong way round? Well, not for the purposes of the, of the pun in our, in our title. Shall we do a um, I mean, the TARDIS, the TARDIS itself is time and relative dimension in space. So I feel like we're on pretty solid ground. Should, should we rebrand? <laughs> I think it's a bit late for that, Matt. After 130-some episodes, we'll just go change it. Yeah, I'd rather not. Right, so, my adventure in space and time. Do you want to say hello to those guys, David? I do. Hello. I really, I'm really enjoying your podcast. Please keep it up. What What do you think is the best thing about their pod? 
Um, well, okay. I just, I'm. It's always lovely to hear new people discovering classic Who, especially if, unlike Matt, they actually appreciate it. Um, and yeah, they're just, it, it, you know, both. Um, I'm bad at names, so I apologise. Can't remember your name, but the the host and all the guests so far have just, you know, had so much enthusiasm and joy it's been really lovely so, to hear. so the main host is shona isn't it and then there's like a revolving cast of yeah helpers i i believe that's the setup yeah. yeah right i would say my favorite thing is that they sing their own theme music yes yeah or m- much respect for anyone who does that yeah like married to who they sing theirs as yes. well <laughs> they do indeed right so Can I finally get round to this review, please, David? Yeah, you crack on. Okay, they say, Cracking introduction to this Professor iteration of the Twelfth Doctor. Pearl Mackie is a breath of fresh air as Bill, and her chemistry with Capaldi is great. A really charming opener. Hmm. Nobody's had a bad word to say about it so far, have they? No, but every review I read, you just go, hmm. (laughs) Well, just purely because I don't want to, like... I don't just want to go off, you know. I want to kind of wait until we're into our proper review. Right. Uh, The next review comes from Marie, who we've mentioned like four or five times today. Shall we introduce her to the the Marty McLean Hall of Fame? I was going to say, she's practically a co-host at this point, it feels like. But it's, yeah, lovely lovely to have you on board, Marie. Okay, she says, I thought it was a great intro for the new season and I love the dynamic of the Doctor and his new friend. Mm. Okay. We then have our listener Clover sends a message. Do you want to say hello to Clover, David? Hello, Clover. Okay. Uh, Clover says, I love Pearl Mackie who plays Bill. Uh, She is my second favourite companion behind Donna. Also great representation. Peter Capaldi, well, I just love this Doctor. The idea of him being a university teacher is great. The story, though, is okay. I love that Bill compares the TARDIS to a kitchen. This is the best companion TARDIS reveal. Especially when Nardole says, woohoo, we got there. Perfect Doctor Who comedy. Yeah. Okay. We've still got two more reviews to go, David. Like, our numbers are going up. Why have we got so many listeners all of a sudden? Like, uh, the quality hasn't improved. <laughs> see, I, I think the quality has. We did get a message this week from a listener called Ariel, who said, because she sent a message saying, hello, it's nice to listen to your podcast. And then when she was in America, I did a message her and go, how do all these Americans keep finding our podcast? And it turned mm-hmm. out there was like a post on a Facebook group. Uh, oh, right. That, that seemed to praise us. Uh, so well, that's, thank that's you, lovely. Ariel, and thanks whoever put that on Facebook. Yeah, uh, it's it's lovely if if you can if you can ever plug us in you know Facebook or Reddit or or wherever it, it's it it's great. It is the main way people discover uh, podcasts. Yeah. Really, if, if if you tell one person every day, then that's three hundred and sixty five people a year. Yeah, and you have three hundred and sixty five less friends by the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. The next review comes from BT Flibbity Gigger. Okay. Who says, I absolutely adore this episode. Is it perfect? No, but it gives us something completely different from what we've seen so far from 12. 
I love him being a teacher and just chilling on Earth for decades for unknown reasons. I love his relationship with Bill, how he chooses to mentor her outside the usual Doctor Companion role before all the sci-fi stuff starts up again. They have a year to get to know each other and that makes their relationship really different and strong right off the bat. I love how Bill reacts when the sci-fi stuff kicks off and how we get to see her explore and react to all the different scenarios that the Doctor gets into. Mm -hmm. The Heather-Bill flirtation is really cute and the bittersweet resolution feels very fitting. And I love how Twelve goes back to make sure that Bill gets pics of her mother. It's such a clever use of time travel and at the same time so gentle and kind. Just the kind of quintessentially Doctor thing I wish the show would indulge in more often. It's not the tightest or the most exciting episode, but it's such a great foundation for my favourite 12 series. Mm. Okay. There you go. We're on the last review now, David. Okie doke. And I've saved the best till last. Ah, is it our good friend Marty? It's the one, the only, Mr. Marty McLean. Can you Ah. edit in like a round of applause there? No. No, I can't. No, because you never do any <laughs> editing. Right. Okay, so... Marty says, It's hard to add more than what's already been said, but I find Bill and Series 10 to be so refreshing, particularly after how heavy Series 9 was and how complex 12 and Clara's relationship was. And then he's put a little yeah. screenshot of when they go to Australia. Ah, uh, Yeah. That's true. I, Doctor Who hasn't really. I'm trying to think if this is this the only appearance of Australia in Doctor Who. No, there's that That's episode where Tom Baker fights a kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how could I forget? How could yeah. I forget? Um, but yeah. So as I say, I, I don't think there was a single like some people were slightly cooler on it than others but generally it was overwhelmingly positive so my question to you Matt is how are you ranking the pilot um probably got a bad episode <laughs> oh Matt are you pulling my leg I am I quite enjoyed oh. this one it's a good one, isn't it? Do you, do you know what I would say? That this episode has over a lot of episodes. Pearl Mackey? Yeah, it's fun. And yeah. I lay that accusation solely at the door of Pearl Mackey. Yeah. And she. I don't know whether yeah. you knew this, David, but as we mm-hmm. record, right now I'm banging on the desk just to drive yeah. on my point. It's Pearl Mackey's birthday. Is it? Yeah. Oh, well, happy birthday, Pearl Mackey. Yeah. Um, well, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say... send her a video of some sailors singing. <laughs> Go for it. Um, okay. I have been umming and ahhing all week about whether or not I'm going to say this today to you, Matt. Because, as you know, I don't like to do much to influence your opinion especially of episodes you've not yet seen. I try I try really hard to keep you as unspoiled as possible about what we have coming up. Um, but I'm just going to say this. Bill is my favourite New Who companion. And it's oh, really? not even a close run thing. I, I, 
she's so different. Yes. Like, compare this so different, but to so Martha. Right. You know, I've always said I don't like how stern and strict Martha was, and the show mm. wasn't fun when she was around. Okay, this is... I, I, re- I had an alright time watching that this morning. Yeah. I think a, a phrase that came up in quite a few of the, rev- the, the responses we got on Twitter there was breath of fresh air, specifically in relation to Bill. I'd say she's more than a breath of fresh air. She's like a tornado with fresh air. Yeah. It, it's like just... And from that very first scene, it just you can feel something shifted. A weight has been lifted, and we we are off. We are on a new era. You, you know, it, it, the the title, the pilot. It's a bit of a cheeky nod. I do think there was probably some some element of uh, higher ups within the BBC sort of giving Moffat a tap on the shoulder and saying, "Hey, look, numbers aren't great. Can we have a bit of a refresh?" Mm. And and so he does say he you know he uh, this this episode absolutely nails that brief of being sort of all almost a soft soft reboot of the series. See, th- I would say there was only one bit where I was worried, and that yeah. that was where we found out that Bill lived with a stepmother because her biological mother had died, and mm. then I thought, have we had? a companion in New Who that has just had a standard nuclear family. Like, Rose, her dad was dead. Martha, her mum and dad were separated, weren't they? Mm. Donna's dad was dead. Uh, Where did we go from Donna? Amy. Uh, Amy. Amy, whose parents were were, like locked in a other dimension or something. Yeah, but that did get fixed. And then from that point yeah. on, she did have a normal family. But we never saw them again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We see she them in one episode when fam- she gets married. She had a normal family because her, her, her newborn baby was a 40-year-old Time Lord woman. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, never Clara. Did Clara have parents? Yeah, yes. Because we had the bit with the yeah. leaf, didn't we? Oh, yeah, the leaf. and But then, yeah... Then her 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 mum was dead, and her dad had had a different uh, partner, and also was recast. Yeah, <laughs> by a, by an actor who looked absolutely nothing like his original one. Um, yeah, it's been a while for sure, um, but it's I don't that- think that matters. And and I and I do think you know it is pretty key to Bill's character. Yeah, I, I, that's that's what I mean. I, I was worried it was going to be like, you know how Rose was always pining after her absent dad and things like yeah. that. And I, I get the feeling that, like, Bill, obviously, because her mum died when she was young, she'd kind of dealt with that. And actually, yes. the picture's been brought back. It wasn't like, oh, I need to go see my mum, let's go travel in time. It was just like a nice sentiment from the doctor, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, it's... um, Yeah. Bill is such a great character and Pearl Mackey just nails it from her first moment on screen. So, yeah, you can't can't ask for much more than that from from a companion introduction episode, I don't think. Um, So, that all being said, I think we've just got to crack on with this. 
Yeah. I, I do mean good going. episode, by the way, when I said uh, bad episode. Right, yeah. it's been an hour. Let's talk Doctor Who. Let's do it. So, this is The Pilot from the 15th of April, 2017. Yeah. It is. Getting close now, aren't by we? Stephen. Yeah. I can't wait. Soon mm. this foul jamboree will be over. Okay. <laughs> so, written by Stephen Moffat, directed by Lawrence Goff. I think that's pronounced. Yeah, possibly first time director. I don't know. Yeah, I'll have it's, to check not, that. it's not a name I recognise. Great direction in this episode. Mm. Really solid stuff, I think. Right, so, Nadal enters an office with a girl who we let learn is built, and a screw drops out of his arm, because just yes. to remind us all, he's got a robot body. Okay, Possibly. she investigates an out-of-order TARDIS in the corner of the room, mm-hmm. and on the desk there are pictures of River Song and Susan. Yeah. So. And that's a, know, ver- a very neat little nod back without kind of... It doesn't lay it on too thick, does it? No, no. And from an adjacent room, we hear the Doctor playing the guitar. Yeah. Did you know Peter Capaldi can play the guitar, David? Yeah, I had noticed at this point. (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't like to brag, but he can play the guitar. Uh, And we hear the sonic screwdriver. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we find out that Bill works in the canteen at the university, on chips. Yep. But she attends the doctor's lectures, and we get a lovely little story about how Bill made a girl get fat. Or as she puts it, I fatted her. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And and specifically, that's in response to the doctor asking her why she comes to his lectures, even though she's not a student, and she just goes off on this long tangent, and then, when challenged on, on uh, you know, how that had no relevance to the question, she was just like, yeah, I just thought started talking, thought something might develop. Yeah. <laughs> just like, and it just, already, it's, we're what, two minutes in, for one, you feel like you know Bill. Like, just straight away, it's like, She's she's odd, but odd in such a relatable like. Oh yeah, I know I I know you. I know the kind of person. I, I like are. that she's literally like one of the first things we see. It's not like the Doctor's on an adventure and he bumps into somebody and agrees to take them along. From yeah. the off, you know this is Bill's story. Yes. Yeah. Um. So. While she's talking, the Doctor kind of looks at the picture of Susan and smiles. So I was like, does Bill remind the Doctor a bit of Susan? Possibly. I think it's more... I I forget exactly where it comes up in the episode. They do underscore the photo thing a little bit later, don't they? Because, you know... There's that moment... You may have it in your notes, I don't know, but where, where she asks, you know, do photos help? And... The doc, you know, do, do photos help when someone's gone? And the doctor just glances at those two photos, mm. and uh, hard to say, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. What is so he agrees to tutor her. He yes. says that we'll meet, you know, every evening six o'clock. He says, "Don't be late. I'm very finickety when it comes to time." Mm-hmm. 
and then we get the titles. So that's our opening, been and gone. Yeah. So we then come back in and there's a little montage of the doctor lecturing, Bill working, and then the two of them studying together. Yeah, really, really clever, interesting montage as well. The way that the, the, the parts of the part that, you know, the things that the doctor is saying in his lecture either punctuate, underscore, juxtapose with the snapshots of Bill's life that we're getting. And it, yeah, I, I, and I really love that monologue. You know, he's talking about, you know, imagine your whole life laid out like a city around mm. you, you know, buildings made of, uh, of, of, of time. Oh, I, I would love to be in one of those lectures. <laughs> you know, I think it's, it's that fantasy, isn't it? That I think everyone slightly has about going to university, that it's going to be this magical mind broadening experience. And if you actually get anything remotely approaching that, you're extremely lucky. Um, Cause you know, unfortunately we can't really have maverick, maverick lecturers who <laughs> are, are hired to, to uh, deliver a lecture on physics and end up talking about poetry instead. Um, especially nowadays with with fees being what they are uh students becoming increasingly aware that they are essentially paying customers they expect a certain amount of uh, customer service yeah. from that um the, so, the best yeah. you can wish for is a chemistry teacher that wears a tuxedo <laughs> indeed but yeah but it's a nice fantasy it's a yeah. nice fantasy and and, and i think it, it's doesn't it fit this doctor like a glove? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like, now that he's got all this sorrow out the way. Mm. Um, he's just kicking back, relaxing. Yeah, he's kind of done with adventuring for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, we're then introduced to Bill's foster mum, and I forget the actress's name, but she's been in pretty much every British TV show ever. Oh, has she? Uh, I don't think I recognise her. Uh, she's in all sorts. I couldn't tell you her name, but... Uh, she, she just pops up in stuff, does she? Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, she's good in this, I think. You know, you, there isn't a lot of her, but what there is is enough, again, for you to just feel like, oh, right, I know you. you know, in a less flattering way than Bill, <laughs> I feel like, but, uh, yeah. So, Bill's foster mum is worried that the Doctor is, in essence, grooming Bill. Uh-huh. And yeah. says, you know, you've got to keep your eye on the boys. And this is where the revelation of Bill's sexuality occurs, because she says, well, it's not the boys I've got my eye on. I mean, okay. it's not much of a revelation. Like, literally the first two minutes, she talks about how much she fancies that one girl. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. And it's, okay. I had my concerns, because we knew, as, you know, I say we, uh, Doctor Who fans who... who keep up with news about the show were aware that bill was coming in as a new companion and had i believe we had foreknowledge that she was going to be gay <laughs> and i had my concerns about stephen moffat writing a uh, an openly gay character um but i think uh, certainly i won't say anything about future episodes but this episode it is handled pretty well, I think. 
you know. Yeah. In that it is, you know, it's not it's not normalised to the point of seeming like it doesn't have issues. Like, for example, the fact that her own foster mum just assumes she must be straight, you know, um, and has so little interest and has paid so little attention to her that she's not twigged the fact that she's not interested in men. Um, but... Yeah, I do think it's 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 handled quite lightly, and and uh, and overall pr- pretty well in, the, in this episode. Mm-hmm. And I so. think sorry, sorry. To, whilst I'm rambling, so can I just ramble a slightly more? Because I was I yeah, was absolutely. reading, I was reading a, a an interview with Stephen Moffat in an issue of Doctor Who magazine. I can't remember which which one it was. Now it's not a, not one of the recent ones, but. Um, where he was talking about the casting of Bill and how prior to, for, for his entire tenure up until that point, he'd had this kind of open casting thing. He'd just been like, oh, well, it doesn't matter whether the actor is, is white or black or whatever. We'll just, we'll hire the best actor for the job. And of course, the applicants were largely white. And so he ended up casting you know, Karen Gillan and then Jared Coleman. And then he finally, the penny finally dropped and he, he realized, Oh, if I want to have more diverse representation in Dr. Who, I need to actively seek it out. So they made a conscious decision that, that we would, we would have a non-white companion mm-hmm. for this uh, series. And uh, yeah, congratulations Moffat for, you know, what six series in at this point, or five series in? Uh, yeah, f- finally doing the bare minimum <laughs> to actually ensure a bit of diversity. Yeah, because I'm not that familiar with Pearl Mackey. Like, I, no, this I, was her big break. Yeah, I did a bit of a Wikipedia, and like I say, like it, it seems to be you know little jobbing roles, then Doctor Who. Yeah, was sort of as you've said the big break, but yeah, I, like I say, star-making performance here. Yeah, and to be honest, I think it's a continual outrage that she has not subsequently been in everything yeah. <laughs> because she she is fantastic and she should be in everything. I, okay, I'm, I'll try not to gush too much about Pearl Mackey, but we should move on. But she's yeah. so good. Anyway, so Bill goes on a night out and is entranced by one of the girls there. And yeah. I didn't really think about it at the time. I've put it in my notes, but the song that's playing is uh, Love Will Tear Us Apart. And that kind of comes yeah. into play at the end of the story, isn't it? It very much does, yeah. Yeah. So, clever little bit of foreshadowing that I didn't spot at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the Doctor talks about the TARDIS, uh, time and relative dimension in space, says that it means life. Okay? Yeah. So, we then see that the the Doctor is kind of sneaking. It doesn't really do it justice. Creeping <laughs> around the skulking. university grounds with Nardo. Yeah, skulking. That's the that's the way to put it. Okay, and is stopped by Bill because mm-hmm. the Doctor and Nardo seem to have like a secret lab below ground. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Bill manages to enter because Nardo's put the Entry as just friends only. Yeah. So 
obviously Bill's been associated as a friend. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Bill then runs into the girl from the previous night. This time we find her name is Heather. Okay. And she has a defect, a star in her eye. Yes. It's so weird because this is before Heather undergoes her transformation. Yeah. And she, like, I, because I, they, they hang a hat on like, oh, I've got a star in my eye. And I was like, right, straight off the bat, there's the alien this week. <laughs> um, right, yeah. But it, yeah. it's just not the case. No, no, she's just a normal person with a with an interesting defect. Uh, and, like, it's it's nice, but it, it's kind of awkward, that dialogue, where Bill's trying to compliment her on having this fascinating, unique feature, and she just sort of snaps, well, I'm getting it fixed. Like, she's obviously... It's a kind of naive thing where it's like, you know, some not thinking about the fact that she might already be sick of talking about something like that, something that's probably, you know, she might have been bullied about growing up and uh, mm-hmm. all the rest of it. Um, apparently the working title for this episode was uh, something like The Girl with a Star in Her Eye. Yeah. Um, so she wants to show Bill something, mm. okay? And it's a puddle, even though it hasn't yes. rained for weeks, Okay. And whilst they look into the puddle, they realise that their reflections are wrong. There's something quite not right. And Heather walks away. Yes. Okay, and leaves Bill alone. And we hear a little voiceover say, Pilot located, link established. Yeah. Is that the point where we get that first shot where it's from underneath the puddle? That's right, yeah, looking up. Such a cool little shot that I think really uncanny okay uh, so then Bill buys the doctor a rug for Christmas and this is where we get the chat about Bill's mum passing away when she was a baby yeah okay and we see that the photographs of Bill's mum when she looks closer the doctor is the one who's taken them yeah, because she sort of said she didn't have any pictures. And, and before, you know, the Doctor just awkwardly said, oh, I didn't get you anything when he was unwrapping his Christmas present. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. And it's in the moment you're like, oh, what a nice thing to do. And then if you if you think about it and unpack it, Pearl says that, oh, we don't really have many photos of my mum. She didn't really like having her photo taken. And all of a sudden... She's got not just one photo, but an entire box of photos mm. spanning potentially several years. The Doctor has not just gone back in time, snapped a quick photo and gone back. He has gone back in time, tracked down Bill's mum, befriended her, gotten close enough to her that she's allowed him to take her photo several times over the course of many years. Mm. That's that's incredible, you know. Um, I bet there's a big Finnish adventure where it's the Doctor and Bill's mum. Oh, they love filling in the gaps. They've got to, yeah. They can't help themselves. Okay. Uh, so the next day, Bill realises that the TARDIS in the Doctor's office is now on top of the rug where he previously yeah. said, you know... I needed a crane to lift it in here. It's heavier than it looks. Yeah. 
Okay. So, the puddle is discussed between the Doctor and Bill because yeah. um, Bill had previously met Heather there again, but Heather mm-hmm. vanishes into the puddle before Bill can get to her. Okay. Yeah. So, I quite like this bit when uh, Bill's talking to the Doctor and then when she looks out the window, he's just sprinting off. <laughs> Yeah, and, yeah. And, it's like the f- probably the, the first was, interest... he runs like a penguin with his ass on fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Amanda Iannucci, the showrunner of uh, The Thick of It, uh, figured out quite early on that Peter Capaldi has what he called a very funny run. So they would deliberately write parts into the story, into the episodes of Thick of It, which meant Peter Capaldi had to like run down a corridor. <laughs> and stuff like that um but yeah no it's great because it, it, you know from the doctor's perspective this is probably the first remotely weird or interesting thing that's happened on this university <laughs> campus in 50 years yeah so of course he's straight out the door okay uh so once he gets there bill catches him up and she starts to talk to him about sci-fi and yes yeah know, his, says, his reaction it's just priceless, isn't it? Do you yeah. know any sci-fi? And he just... Uh, if this was last series, he'd have looked at the camera and smiled. Yeah, yeah. They, they rain it in a tiny bit here. Yeah. Okay. And they work out that the puddle reflection is not back to front, so it's not a mirror image. Right, yes, yeah. Okay, so you are seeing yourself as others would see you rather than you see yourself in the mirror. Okay, and we hear the voice again. This time it says, passenger selected, pursuit engaged. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Bill comes home and her stepmom is in the shower, except the phone rings and her stepmom calls her from a bar. Yes. And she works out that there must be someone else in the shower. And in fact, when she enters the bathroom, we see the silhouette of a person. And when she pulls back the curtain, there's nothing there, just some water. So when she looks down the plug hole at the running water, we see the star-shaped eye, star-shaped iris, don't we? Oh, crikey. And it's so... I mean, that's proper, you know, with the music score and everything. It's like a horror film. Yeah, that scene. yeah, that's it. It yeah. was reminiscent of Psycho. Yeah, because it was building to you know something horrible being behind the curtain, and it just wasn't there. Yeah, um, and as well, I love the simple thing of something that Bill had found so attractive and fascinating um, just a few weeks ago, all of a sudden recontextualize is the freakiest, most horrifying thing she's ever seen. You know. Um, yeah. 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 Great. So Bill runs to the doctor and on her way bumps into who I've begun to call Wet Heather, just so I can differentiate. (laughs) Yep. Okay. And Wet Heather begins to mimic Bill. So says what Bill says, acts as Bill acts. Now, I will just pause here for a second to say the first time I watched this, I thought I was so smart because I was like, aha, ah, we're doing the flood from Waters of Mars, are we? They're making a comeback. I'm glad you've said that because when it gets to the end, I was like, 
all right why why isn't it just that again <laughs> <laughs> yeah it it's certainly it's very similar you know the whole yeah. the whole just drippy person effect is yeah. very akin to 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 that episode but yeah i think it's it was just one of those things where Moffat probably didn't think about it at all and nobody brought it up at the table read and by that point it'd be too late anyway so they just did it yeah you know just like it's have, fine. Have, have we done water is an alien before and yeah and no, nobody could nobody immediately said remember a thing. yeah Right, so Bill then enters the Doctor's office and wet heather begins to ooze from under the door. Mm -hmm. So they hide in the TARDIS and I think this is probably the highlight of the episode for me. Yeah. Where he's like going, oh, don't worry, this is a wonder of science. And she goes, well, it's made of wood. It can't be that good. And it takes her forever to turn round. Yeah, and oh, that shot when... That yeah. you've got the camera pulling back through the TARDIS as the lights are coming up. You said before how much you love watching that TARDIS set slowly yeah. illuminate. It, 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 it does something to me emotionally when I see that happen. You know, like, you know what see, that is? If you say fandom, we're ending the podcast. <laughs> I'll bite my tongue. Okay. But yeah, there's like a feeling of hope when you see the TARDIS fire up, isn't yeah. there? Yeah, and I mean that's underscored by what by what the Doctor says to her. You know, you're safe in here. You will always be safe in here. Oh, yeah. It's you know, this is the reason why people gravitate to this show. Why it's such a, a genuine comfort to people. That sense that it's gonna be okay. You've got, you know, the TARDIS is a is a literal safe space for people. Yeah. And a safe space that can go anywhere. As a safe space that promises adventure. But with the hope that you, you can always return back to that point of safety again. And on to the next thing. Ah, oh, it's gorgeous. It's good. I just, I, oh, Michael Pickwood's TARDIS set is just, you know, it is the pinnacle as far as I'm concerned. Not to say that the other TARDIS sets have not been good, but for me, this one absolutely takes the biscuit. It's it is glorious from every angle. Yeah. And I love that Bill tries to rationalise it in the only way she can, and yeah. says, "Is is this a knock through? <laughs> yeah. Like, is yeah. this into the? Is this the next office? Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know how much I like the toilet joke though. Uh. I thought that Bill's part of it was fine. I didn't need the Nardole punchline. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, it's it, lowest point for Nardole, but I think he gets some good stuff elsewhere in the episode. Okay. So they move in the TARDIS to the secret lair. That's where uh, Bill thinks it's a lift. And this yep. is where we get the line, it's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. <laughs> yeah, she finally so- twigs. So we'll and, get there. Yeah, okay. and, uh, and and I love that the, the Doctor and Nardo like shake hands like, hey! Because, <laughs> you know, it must be one of the longest times from uh, a, t- a companion entering Mating. the TARDIS mm. to, to fully understanding what it is and what it does. So, there's a vault inside the lair. 
Yes. And when the water enters the layer, they assume it wants what's in the vault. Yeah. Okay. So it begins chasing them. So it wants them rather than what's in the vault. So it's good that they've set that vault up because that's obviously going to be the uh, bad wolf of this series, isn't it? What's in the vault? What's in the vault? That's basically going to be the... That's going to be the Pandorica. That's going to be the Silence Will Fall. That's Mm going to be, you know, whatever is a shilder up to this week. All right, then, Matt. Um, Week one, what's your guess? What's in the vault? Gallifrey. (laughs) All of Gallifrey. Well... Yeah. Good big. Is Gallifrey still in a pocket universe? Yep. Pocket universe could be in a little bag. Yeah, like the bottle city of Kandor. He's just got it in the room. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Hold on, what else could be in there? It won't be Davros. It's got to be something big. Yeah. Well, you can leave it there. Gallifrey, good guess this week. Have a think for next week. We, can keep, keep we, haven't seen, we haven't seen her in a while. Missy's mm. in there. Could be. Or... Yeah. I, I'm going to stick with Gallifrey on Missy. Okie doke. I mean, I'm not going to tell you, so we might as well move on. I just wanted to, to get your thoughts. Might just be loads of money. He's just robbed a bank. <laughs> Or just, I don't know, Jaffa Cakes. Maybe he's just really partial to Jaffa Cakes and doesn't want anyone nicking him. An old sofa and some clothes because he's between apartments and he's just using it as storage. (laughs) Uh, Right. So, yeah, it's chasing them rather than whatever's in the vault. So, it's daytime now and Bill thinks they've travelled in time, but they haven't. They're just simply in Australia. Yeah. The, the land of Marty McLean. Yeah, and I love the Doctor is so pleased with himself when he does that little reveal of the Sydney Opera House and, you know, has completely misjudged it and Bill just com- totally freaks out. And I like yeah. that. I, I like, I, again, I'd like, because Bill is, again, we're coming back to that idea of her being a breath of fresh air, that she's not just immediately... Wow, this is amazing. I love you so much, Doctor. Let's go off on an adventure. She's like, what the fuck? What is happening? And obviously, they're in a scary situation. They they are being pursued while this is happening. So she's not really in the right frame of mind to to experience that sense of wonder. But the Doctor is still doing his usual shtick of being like, isn't this magnificent? And she's like, no, I'm freaking out right now. You know? <laughs> Yeah. So it's a I like really it different. I, th- I think I think the setup is similar to Rose. You know, definitely they there are similarities. Somewhat of a mundane life, and they're just looking for that adventure. Mm-hmm. But whereas Rose is like chomping at the bit, like, yeah, adventure, let's do it. I'm going to swing on a chain and kick a monster into some water or something. Yeah. Here, Bill's just like, what the hell is going yeah. on? <laughs> Yeah, she's just, she's, it's an overused phrase, but she is so down to earth. 
And it, it's funny because being at the university but not a student, like the implication there is that she's not that clever, but she asks all the clever questions. Yes, and and as I, we didn't touch on it, one of my favourite lines in the first scene is when the, doc, the Doctor says he noticed her in her lectures because normally when he says something that people don't understand, they frown. But when she hears something she doesn't understand, she smiles. It's that innate curiosity. Mm. And the fact that she's, you know, that she's asking him questions that he's never had before. You know, like, is this a knockthrough? <laughs> why did you name, why did you name TARDIS in English if you're an alien? You know, which I think is coming up in this scene, isn't it? Um, yeah. Things like that, that immediately kind of sets her apart. But qualify, like immediately qualifies her to be a companion as if anyone needed qualifications to be a companion. But like, but at the same token, sets her apart from every other companion we've ever seen in the show before. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. So at this point, the doctor tells her that he is an alien. And again, we have the conversation about the TARDIS and what it is, what it can do. Mm -hmm. But as they're having the discussion, water begins to appear on the mirror in the yep. bathroom. Okay. So, to avoid it, they go 23 million years forward. Yes. And this is where we find out it's not waters from Mars. It's intelligent engine oil. Yeah. So, so first thing I want to notice, not, not, they don't just go forward in time. They also go to a completely different planet. So, what the Doctor has been doing is testing how quickly this thing can travel. You know... So, because the, the the jumps are getting bigger, you know, goes from the doctor's office down to the basement there in seconds. Goes from from the doctor's office, uh, sorry, the the basement with the vault uh, over to Australia there in a minute. Um, goes millions of years in the future to a completely different planet, and it's there again a few minutes longer, maybe, but still. Can apparently travel in time, no problem. Um, and the other thing I wanted to mention is that alien planet, gorgeous. You know, mm. could be a could be a Roger Dean Yes album cover. Glorious, yeah. I love it. Not bad for a quarry in Wales. Yeah, I will say actually, just in general, one of the things I like about this episode is, despite the domesticity of a lot of it, you know, that it's all on university campuses and houses and things by and large, there is also just a touch of psychedelia about it at times, mm. which I think you know, with the star in the eye and the and the the weird alien planet and uh, you know other bits later on and it's, like the, the montage that we didn't mention the bit the editing where. Time, where the Doctor's talking about time as being individual moments like frames in a film and it kind of slows down and you see these like tiny little screenshots of, you know, second by second. Um, there's some kind of trippy little moments here and there in this episode. I just feel... It's, it's a classic example of no other TV show could be doing this. <laughs> no other TV no. show can in 45 minutes make you j just charm the pants off you with a completely unique character like Bill, throw in a fascinating 
crazy sci-fi story about time-travelling intelligent engine oil. <laughs> and, you, you know, yeah, I just... This is why I love this show. <laughs> this episode is, is a classic case in point of why I just love this show so much. Anyway, sorry, Matt, you were, you were halfway through something. Right, completely. so Bill then sees Heather in the puddle. And this time, instead of being... Because the puddle doesn't really do much, does it? Other than, like, stare at you. But this yeah, time... occasionally it, screams in a really creepy way. Yeah, so this time it turns into a geezer and, like, blasts mm. everywhere, grabs yep. Bill, but eventually they all get back in the TARDIS. Yep. And the Doctor says, look, in order to kill this, we need to run through fire to sterilise it. Yes. Okay. And they said, the only way we can do that, though, is for it to chase us. So we're going through the fire first. Mm -hmm. And they go to a Dalek attack. Yes, a Dalek attack on the Mavellans, who, um, unbeknownst to you, Matt, uh, this is a classic reference. Is it? Yeah. Well, I mean, you can kind of tell, given the Mavellans' costumes, as you know, they're basically wearing, like, disco spacesuits. Um... But they're kind of just there in the background, running around, shooting lasers and stuff. But the, yeah, this is they—they they are a race um, who've battled with the Daleks in, I believe it was Destiny of the Daleks, Tom Baker's story. I'll be honest with you, I watched it once several years ago. I remember almost nothing about it. Um, is that the one where the Doctor? I think we've talked about that Tom Baker story where he fights a kangaroo. <laughs> you know, it might be that one. Like I say, I can't really remember it, so maybe it's a, it's a possibility. It's a contender for that, certainly. But anyway, yeah. So that's the that's the only real moment of pure self indulgence, I think, in this story. And I'm going to be honest. It they've ne the BBC have never confirmed the the rumor that the agreement with the Terry Nation estate is the Daleks have to appear at least once per series in order for them to keep using them. But um, I'll spoil this for you now. There's no other Daleks in this series. So it really does feel like a box-checking exercise. Right. So it's not Davros in the vault, then. I can tick that off my list. Well, Davros isn't a Dalek. He is. He's the big Dalek. Come on, David. Who's the fan here, me or you? <laughs> What do you mean he's not a Dalek? He's not a Dalek. He created the Daleks. Right, okay. A, da a Dalek is, is a, you know, fully encased Dalek mutant with eye stalk and plunger and all of that business. Uh, Davros is just a weird shrunken goblin man in a, in a, in a Dalek chair. Right. Okay. Right. So... They then uh, convince a Dalek to fire at them, and they, they just step they just step out the way, and it hits Heather. If only they'd thought of that sooner. Yeah, well, just, it doesn't just do sidestep their shots. No. Oh, I see what hits, you mean. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If that's the solution to Dal to Daleks, gone. It's been series to ten. One side. They're not scary. <laughs> okay, so Heather yeah. then becomes a wet Dalek. <laughs> she does. Yep. For a second or two, then we see in the eye stalk, it's got the starry eye. Okay, and then she goes back to being wet Heather again. Yeah. 
Okay. Good band name, Wet Dalek. Wet Dalek? Yeah. Probably get sued by the okay. Terry Nation estate, though. Not worth it. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think anyway. if there's another better uh, Doctor Who band name. I mean, there have been a couple of genuine like Doctor Who bands. There was um, Comedian Circuit, I think they were called. Okay. And more recently, The Sever Team, which is a reference to um, a... Oh, it's a story that introduces Lena. What's it called? Is it the... Uh, it's not The Mind of Evil. Is it The Face of Evil? Something like that. I can't remember now. Um, but anyway, yeah. So there, there have been at least a few like Doctor Who-themed musical projects. The Shadow Proclamation. That's a good one. That is, That's definitely that a good a one. That is a good band name. Yeah, especially for like a, a sort of some kind of metal-y thing. Yeah, Old Man Goths, Shadow. like we talked about last week. Yeah, Shadow Proclamation. Definitely. Uh, good, good work, Matt. Can't top that. Right. Right. Uh, so the Doctor becomes a little bit frustrated and orders Wet Heather just to go. But mm-hmm. it turns out that in an earlier conversation with Bill, Heather has said that she would never leave Bill. Okay, I think Bill yeah. says, don't leave without me. And she goes, oh, I won't, I promise. So yeah. this ain't going anywhere. It's chasing Bill. Okay. So Bill then has to release it from its promise. Yeah. And as she does, they touch hands. And when they touch, Wet Heather tries to entice Bill. You know, shows her all the magnificent things that she could see, all the adventures yet to come. Again, another very tricky moment in this episode. Okay. Yeah. But Bill... uh, Sorry, refuses. And with that, Wet Heather just sort of explodes into nothing. Mm -hmm. And... Nardole says, oh, you've got a tear on your face. And Bill goes, hmm, don't think it's mine. Which I thought was quite a nice moment. (laughs) Yeah. God, it's, uh, yeah. What a lovely, sad resolution to, uh, to... It's just got a bit of everything, this episode, hasn't it? Like, I've often said, I think... think, Have I said on this other podcast before? It's my little sort of, one of my pet theories, is that the, the formula for Doctor Who... You've basically got, like, four central pillars, if you like, of um, funny, exciting, um, scary, and sad. If you can hit all of those notes at some point or other, then you're doing Doctor Who right. And Uh this episode absolutely does that. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. We then... Uh, go back to the doctor's office and Bill has seen it all but now she's sad she won't see it again and she cottons on pretty quickly due to her love of sci-fi that the doctor is planning on mind wiping her yes to take uh, I, again a, a amazing scene because um, it's like f- yeah Pearl Mackie again plays it beautifully like she's proper freaked out and cross like she it she feels betrayed in that moment she was just growing to really trust the doctor and then he's just like oh yeah i'm just gonna wipe your mind and she's like do you think i'm an idiot 
I, I love that she says, you're like, you know, I've no, you think no one's ever seen a movie before and know what a mind wipe looks mm. like. Yeah. And so. then she asks him, she asks him, how would you feel if someone did that to you? And at that moment, if you are an eagle-eared listener uh, uh, or watcher, um, it, you can hear Clara's theme playing just yeah. gently on the piano. In the, uh, and, uh, yeah. Nice little nod. It, and they don't. And again, they don't belabor it. It's there if you know it. If you don't know it, it doesn't matter. Move on. See, I I didn't know the music, but I have put in my notes. I've just put, uh, "What if someone did this to you?" And then in brackets, I've just put Clara with a question mark. Yeah. Does the doctor remember Clara now? I know it's taught like hinted at in class. No, no. no. He he he. As he says in that episode, he kind of. There's a hole in his memory, like a Clara-shaped hole. He yeah, can remember, he knows something's wrong. I think he can remember the adventures, but he can't remember her, what she looked like, what she said, how she was. Like, it's like she's just been excised from his memories of those times. Mm. Um. So, yeah, like... I think the thing is, he he still he feels the absence. He feels that hole in his memory. But uh, yeah, sad, isn't it? It is sad. Yeah. So the doctor then, because doesn't Bill say, "Oh, can I just keep them for a week, or for a day, or for tonight?" And the yeah. doctor caves in and he says, basically, "Get out." He was like, yeah. "Keep your memories, but this is it." And when Bill leaves, quite upset, he turns and, you know, looks at the picture of River and he goes, oh, shut up. And then he looks <laughs> at the picture of Susan and he's like, oh, you shut up as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then we find out that he'd kind of promised he was done with adventuring and mm-hmm. it was time to take a break. Uh, but then, just as Bill's leaving, he appears in the TARDIS on the university lawn and invites her along. Yeah. And again, it is, as you said, there's, there's definitely echoes of Rose here in that your final moments of this story is, here we are, here's the TARDIS. Do you want to come along for the ride? You know. So, again, it is, it's that simple, just hooking everyone in, isn't it? You know. Because who... I don't know. Would you? Would you? Would you do it? Uh, if the doctor offered you? Yeah, I think I probably would. Even though there's like a fifty percent chance of some horrible tragedy befalling you. Yeah, like but you, you might wouldn't know that die, at this point. Or <laughs> yeah, you, or you'll end up with no memories. Or <laughs> you've just got to play the yeah. odds. I guess so. I guess so. But yeah. Strong episode. Good way to start the season. Definitely, definitely. We're 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 you know best foot forward certainly. Mm-hmm. I think on this one, um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see where we go next. Um, next week's episode, Matt, is entitled "Smile." Oh, that'd be fun. Mm. Or will it? No, the ones that have always got one-word <laughs> titles are always like absolutely horrific. <laughs> yeah, let's think. We got we had blink, listen, midnight, midnight. 
Yeah. Uh, there's definitely a bit of a, a bit of a pattern there, isn't there? Well, uh, let's see whether whether Smile is a worthy successor to those. Um, but until then, thank you very much for listening, everyone. And cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.